This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. the island this is previously on lost episode number 14 and it feels just like a little bit of a homecoming and uh oh wait a minute that's the title episode it's homecoming and i could not do this alone because it just would not feel all warm and have that nice homecoming vibe if i didn't have uh my two other trusty co-hosts with me first i am mike and that is steven over there what's up not much how's it going it's going well. It's going well. Corey, how about you? Oh, I'm fantastic here. Homecoming week. Homecoming week. This is, uh, this is, we're going to like completely abuse that word, like the entire episode probably. Uh, but we love talking about Lost, and this is episode 14. So thank you for joining. If this is your first time with us, thank you for stopping by. If this is, uh, if you're a previous listener, hey, welcome back and uh, we hope you stay longer for the journey and uh, there's really no show or network announcements so with all that being said we're going to go ahead and just dig on into this episode entitled homecoming so Corey, take us away all right well previously on lost uh we were following charlie and claire a few episodes ago and they were abducted by mr ethan rom and uh ethan attacks jack warning him not to follow him any further or he will kill Charlie and Claire. Um, He kicks Jack in the head, knocking him unconscious. And, uh, uh, you know, it leaves leaves the whole crew, the whole group of survivors in a bad place. Let's just say that. So this episode... Now, now, hang on. What you need to do next time you do previously on Lost, and what we all need to do is we need to try to get that deep voice previously on Lost. <laughs> previously on Lost. <laughs> oh, go ahead. So, uh, you know, Claire was gone, and she's just come back, and uh, we're wondering what's going on with Ethan. So, in this episode is uh, Season 1, Episode 15, aired on... February 9th, 2005. It was directed by Kevin Hooks, written by Damon Lindelof. Um, And the summary is, the happiness of Claire's return is short-lived as the survivors realize that she is suffering from amnesia. Ethan returns, demanding he gets Claire back or he will kill the rest of the group one by one. Flashbacks in this episode feature Charlie's new romance with Lucy Heatherton. Oh, Lucy. So a little about some episode facts, Stephen. What do we got this time? Well, we got the copier that Charlie tries to sell. It's model 815. I think we've heard that number before. Same number as the uh, Oceanic Flight 815. This is the first time since White Rabbit that all cast members appear. Um... Steve becomes the first of many... Oh, wait, it wasn't Steve. Scott becomes the first of many survivors to be buried at the cemetery. Damon, I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, Damon Lindelof, at one point, admitted this was his least favorite episode of the entire series. Wow. Yeah, that one kind of surprised me. Glad I'm not alone in that category. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I, I noticed he wrote it, so... he. You know, he's more likely to say, you know, one of his own episodes was the least favorite than like, oh, the episode that, you know, Sam wrote or, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah. You're always overcritical on your own work, too. One last little episode fact here. At one point, Ethan has an unexpected limp. This is a remnant of a deleted scene where Ethan breaks through the security perimeter and fights Locke, who stabs him in the, in the thigh before Ethan knocks him out. Why the freak could we not have gotten that scene? Yeah, that sounds Dude, that awesome. Sounds awesome. <laughs> That's like an epic scene. I wanted to see Locke like fighting somebody. That'd be great, man. We, what the heck? We've we, seen we, Jack. So- we've seen Jack fight Ethan twice. I want to see what Locke can do against him. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I think there's a couple of scenes I could have cut out to put this one <laughs> instead. I mean, been fine with me. Oh, that's funny. 
That's good. That's good. Um, all right. So thank you for those episode facts. We'll give a little bit of the pop culture connections here after a while. Uh, but we're going to move into discussion of this episode. Um, so just some key episode moments. Uh, Corey, why don't you start us off with something uh, from this episode? So just one of the, the first things that I like about this episode is is the return of Ethan is awesome. Uh, he just like marches in and he's uh, what he throws the, whatever that the thing at uh, Jin and then attacks Charlie, kind of stomps him down to the ground and makes that threat. You know, I'm going to kill one of them, you know, every day until you give back Claire. And, uh, you know, he says, then I'll, I'll leave you as a last one um, just overall I really like uh, the performance by uh, Dominic Monham in this episode and tr- this scene especially Charlie does he does a great job of you know portraying this portraying this uh, you know inner battle he's having yeah and, and it kind of boils outward too toward the end of the episode you see this 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 inner battle coming out in him I just want to know how far away Ethan was when he flung that rock. Because, I mean, they heard that thing coming for a long time. He really got some distance on that thing. No, he didn't hear the rock. He heard the sling going going around and around. Oh, is that what that was? It it was an old-style slingshot they used back in, like... um, Not not, not medieval times, but, like, uh, if you look, look at, like, biblical times... They, the slingshot's not like the ones we have now, but they're like the two straps he's got with a little pouch in the middle. And you would fling that around, and you would let it loose, and you'd let one of the ends go, and the rock would fly out there. They said some of the... They, that was They're kind of like their archer core. They said some of those uh, people were so proficient with it and so good with it that they could fling the rock upwards of 90 to 120 miles an hour. Wow, with dead with dead accuracy with those things because they had practiced so much. So it's interesting that he has, a, he has like one of those kind of a slingshots and not, you know, a regular normal slingshot. But yeah, yeah, it definitely is like a the David and Goliath uh, slingshot. That's what I picture. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, so one of the key episode moments is Claire remembers nothing but peanut butter. <laughs> that's just, I mean, that's it. Just 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 peanut butter. Well, I gotta say, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> I gotta say, I I had the right before um, Saeed asked. I had the same question. I'm I'm just as I'm watching this, I'm like, who gets amnesia? Like we see it all the time in TV and movies, but you know, how many times do people actually get amnesia in real life? And then you know, Saeed asked asked the question of Locke and or of not of Locke of Jack, and Jack says, yeah, you know, it's it's rare, but it it could happen. But uh, yeah, definitely kind of you know kind of convenient for the story, should we say? Yeah, I hate that. I, I I honestly hate that she gets amnesia. But um, and w- you get that scene like the very beginning of the episode, she has amnesia, and it I find it very annoying. But as you watch the episode, you, I remember that they don't really focus on her amnesia very much. You know, it's it's you know it's more focused on Charlie and focused on. Um, the whole group, you know, trying to defend, defend everybody. But the scene at the beginning is, is like, Oh, of course it's amnesia. How many episodes of TV have amnesia, but I will give them credit. They did try to, um, you know, play it off in a, in a good way. And I think the scene you're talking about with the, I remember peanut butter, that was, a, that was a touching scene at the end where yeah. she, she remembers that. Like, so they, they found ways to make me, uh, you know, be okay with it. Yeah. Um, like you said, Ethan's return by Scott. Um, <laughs> I'm so sad that we hear the end of that joke, Scott and Steve, for a while. And in the way, in the way, um, in the way, Sawyer and Hurley are interacting there, there, and Sawyer says, "Well, poor Steve," and Hurley goes, "Dude, that was Scott." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's great. Oh, just that that long that long lived joke. Uh, one of the things that that um, and we could talk about this for a second. Actually, for probably quite a while, this episode, the guns was one of my mo- was one of my moments. Actually, twice. Um, the first time was Jack's refusal 
to hand out the guns to Kate. When Kate approaches him, she says, you know, we could get that. And Jack said, I am not putting the guns in the hands of people who, who, who in essence, aren't trained to, to carry one. A very, very good line. And then when Scott gets killed, it's like Jack's mindset says, all right, I'm done with this now. This guy's just, you know... This guy's ticked me off. Now we're done. And he gets Locke and he pulls Locke aside and he reveals to Locke, hey, we have four nine millimeters with some ammo that the marshal brought. We, we can get the upper hand now. And I love Locke's response. Well, Doc, you've been holding out on me. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think? Finally, I almost think that this episode is needed. We've already had the guns introduced. But now it's going to be a a major thing once it gets out that, oh crap, who has, who has the guns? Who gave you the right to have the guns? Why do you hit to get, why do you get to carry one? Why do you be the only one that have the key and that kind of thing? And we have to make sure all of them are accounted for in the safe. And what did you think about Jack's refusal and then Jack's, okay, we're going to use them now and showing that to lock? Well, as as they said, you know, if the the blood was on his hands by not, you know, not bringing them out in the first place, you know, they really, you know, possibly could have prevented Scott's death um, had they used the guns at first. Um, but yeah, once the guns are out of the case, you know, it's it's hard to get them back in. Yep. Yeah, I I like the scene where where. Uh, um, you know where, where Jack gives Locke the gun. It's just it's a it's a fun scene. It's fun with them teaming up. This whole the whole episode of of just you know Saeed and Locke and Kate and everybody trying to come up with little defense strategies is is really cool. And you know no you know, they do this later throughout the series where you know they they have to team up and put their minds together. And this is kind of like the first time where they really do that. And and I forget about this one and it's really cool and. It, I really like the scene where Boone wakes up and it's clear like he was supposed to be on watch duty and he fell asleep. And it's a really cool scene because it makes it look like it was completely Boone's fault for a second that someone died. And I was like, come on, Boone. Like, what else are you doing on this island? You can't stay up one night. Uh, But the trap falls and he goes running off. And, uh, you know, of course, Ethan comes up from the water and kills Scott, you know. Just, you know, Scott. Um, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, see, that's something that kind of bothered me in this episode. So th- that's kind of like two things that kind of bother me. Number one, Boone falling asleep on watch. Okay, if multiple people were on watch, because you saw Saeed on watch, you saw Locke was on watch at night. We know with the fires, and you saw all those people kind of walking around. Sawyer was kind of right in there too. Everyone's on watch. How come nobody checked up on Boone? Or even saw Boone falling asleep or noticed, you know, Boone hadn't moved in like a couple hours, guys. Maybe we should go check on Boone to make sure he's okay. Yeah, it, it, it just, looked it like seemed... the, it looked like they weren't that far apart. You know, it looked like Locke was definitely could see Boone from where he was at when he was Well the fires were only what, twenty meters apart from one another, what Saeed said? Is that, is that right? I mean, it, w- it would make sense that you're that you're the ones who are on patrol. You would still check up on one another. There would be some crossing of the paths. Well, I I found the timeline a little confusing uh, of when he woke up and it was light out, like how long he had been asleep because it seemed like he just nodded off and then that happened. But then, you know, it's daylight and then it seems like Scott was just killed then in the daylight. Or maybe they just found his body then. I thought the timeline was a little confusing. Uh, the other thing that that kind of bothered me was the uh, was the whole Ethan coming from the water thing. I I just I I don't I don't know if I like the fact that the first immediate thought of Locke is oh he didn't come in a perimeter he came in the water it just had to come he came from the water. Number one. How? <laughs> I mean, he. How? Uh, n- number two. I'm pretty sure if Ethan was as smart as he has, he's been portrayed on the show, he would have known they probably would have built 
kind of security around the perimeter, and he probably would not have had to go into the water. And then how did he escape? If he went into the water and killed Scott, did he go back in the water again? Or did he run into the woods when the guard, when all the patrol went? And then why did all the patrol have to go? They didn't, well, leave, one, they didn't leave one patrol person on that beach, and they all ran into the woods. Well, Ethan was an Olympic swimmer, so that's pretty pretty much the explanation there. <laughs> that's it. That's it right there. I don't know. A couple couple things about that one kind of didn't did, didn't settle right with me. You know, Boone falling asleep and then Ethan having to come from the water. Yeah, it, when you watch this, there are some weird questions about Ethan because it's like, what was his plan? Like, what did he really think was going to happen? Because that that scene doesn't bother me as much as at the very end when they all you know they use claire as bait and they all you know ambush him it just seems like he should know better you know it's like what what, what was your what were you really gonna do ethan like this was so dumb of you like yeah i mean because you, you, you mean you can't look up in a tree and see somebody like saeed just kind of hanging around in the tree before you walk out to get Claire. i mean it's just i don't know and then, of course, Jack beats him up. You know, it's like Jack gets his revenge. revenge. Everybody's just kind of standing around watching Jack, you know, kick his butt and that kind of thing. And by the way, do you ever notice it's always raining when someone is fighting Ethan? <laughs> <laughs> it's always downpouring in the jungle when somebody's fighting Ethan. Oh. That's, he's got he's got his own powers. You know, he brings the rain. That's right. <laughs> Want a little lightning? I got a little thunder to go with it, you know? <laughs> And yet again, oh. yet again, Kate, uh, Kate was very else, slow getting there. Every, every time there's a fight with Jack and and Ethan, Kate's kind of Kate's kind of late showing up. As was everybody. I mean, I expected better reaction time out of Saeed, trained soldier. Yeah. Uh, there are not four guns, but five guns because there were four in the case. But there was a fifth gun that Sawyer had that he lifted off the marshal. And he didn't tell anybody else he had. Uh, but yet, this is kind of a continuity error to me. All right. So we know that Sawyer shot the marshal when he was going to die anyways and missed. All right. Does nobody remember that Sawyer had this gun? That he shot the polar bear and the marshal with this? Does nobody remember that he even had this thing? Well, I think the I think the storyline then was that that was the last bullet. So they may have known he had the gun, but they, you know, probably just forgot about it because, as far as they knew, that was the end of the ammo. And you know, until Sawyer realizes that they now have ammo again. It it, it could be, it could be. So we have five nine millimeters float floating around the island with our losties. Yeah, I guess the explanation could be that he, that the other, you know, pe- people don't know what um, caliber the gun was, so they don't think about whether they can use that ammo. But it is, it is interesting. They forget, you know, forget about that gun. I, but I will say, I really like that scene. That's probably one of my favorite scenes of the episode. Is when he's going over there. Jack is going to ask Sawyer. You know what? Uh, will you come with us? You know, can you handle this gun or whatever? And then you know, Kate walks up and he he brings out the other gun. There's just a great little you know play back and forth. I feel yeah. like any time someone goes up to Sawyer's tent, it's always an interesting scene because there's always some sort of bartering going around. And as we saw in the last episode, you know, sometimes punches get thrown. Just like yep. Sawyer's tent is always a place for a good scene, it seems like. One thing I, I did kind of yep. notice I think could have been another little error was, you know, when after S- Sawyer shot the polar bear and, you know, then they took the gun and gave it to Kate and, you know, Kate says, I don't know how to use a gun. Now, we, obviously, we know she does, but the people on the island still don't. She was still running with that story that she didn't know how to use a gun. But here's so. Sawyer just says, oh, here you go. I got a gun if you want one. And to me, I, I thought that that didn't quite line up. Um, I th- I think Sawyer kind of knew who she kind of was, though. I mean, he he's a very good reader of personalities and, and, and people on the show. I, I think he kind of was, he, he knew she was lying just by the way he was, by the way she was acting and the way she said, I think. I, I think he picked up on that. Because he, he, he's a, she's a, she, She's a 
he's a con artist picking up on somebody trying to con somebody else and and obviously i think i think he could pick up on that but but yeah i mean i i can see where it comes from but i i think he knew that she she was lying the whole time about that about not knowing how to shoot that gun yeah i i think so too and i i think at this point uh you know people have this image of kate as being very capable you yep. know, maybe they forgot about her maybe they forgot about that time when she said oh i don't know how to use a gun <laughs> or or do y'all remember that time that polar bear attacked us and uh <laughs> all right what else y'all got because that, that's kind of all the points i had i mean i i didn't have a lot on this one um i just had a few things you know ethan claire and the guns and and of course boone falling asleep but uh what kind of stuff did y'all have on this episode kind of a, a little side story but I did think that the uh, the Jen and Son conversations were interesting. You know, Jen just describing how he, you know, how, you know, we I got attacked because of what they did, um, and you know when they were talking about what was going on and they really didn't know. I thought really that kind of that feeling of being outsiders um, because they don't speak the language, even though obviously we know about Son, but Jen does not. So. I thought those were a couple little scenes, but I did right. think that they uh, they were setting something up for the future. Yeah, I was I was glad they included those scenes. What did y'all think about the backs the the flashbacks with Charlie in this episode? So the flashbacks are these are hard for me to watch, to be honest. Um, I just I think if you just were to look at the story of the flashback you could say oh that's a pretty good little story you you get that he you know is trying to he's in a tough spot and try you know with his band he wants to make a change in his life in a way and you know he he, he kind of decides he's going to because he's given this opportunity from this this woman and her father and then of course he falls back and like so it's, it's an okay story but as far as like where it falls in the season where it falls for charlie as a character like it doesn't really make any sense, and it's, it falls out frankly, of place. it feels out of place. Yeah, because because this is like him trying to get out of, you know, being in this spot of of addiction, and he, um, but on the island, he's not struggling with heroin addiction right now. I mean, you know, he probably is, but that's not what he's struggling with in this episode, and so it there's no correlation really, or there's like a minute correlation. There's almost no correlation between the flashback and the on island story right it, it it almost i don't know i i i agree i think i did it feel felt felt out of place it felt like there was there was no theme that they needed to know until you kind of get to the end of the flashback you you understand where they were trying to get to for the for, for the whole flashback that counteracts with the same theme that's going on on the island um but the whole thing with Lucy just didn't seem seem out of it just seemed out of place. Um, I, the best scene to me though was him trying to, you know, I I, I didn't. It almost feels like this one should have been. Um, I don't know. It almost feels like this one should have been after he spoke with Liam. In a c- few episodes back, about trying to get the band back together before he got on the plane, it almost feels like. This this scene this flashback should have been after that, because this one he tries to get right and then he doesn't. Um, I liked his buddy. I can't remember his buddy's name. That says it's what what day is today? Friday. Yeah. Okay. Well, because you choose not to steal anything, good luck on Monday. Monday's gonna be really tough on your interview. <laughs> you know. You know. That's, yeah. Like, Man, one of <laughs> Yeah. That that guy. De- you know. Definitely yeah. uh, didn't have Charlie's best interests at heart. Um, what, one thing I, I did like about the backstory was the conversation with Lucy's dad, um, where Charlie kind of gets real about what's going on with the band. Um, you know, we we know that you know the the band is not together now, but I thought there's kind of some interesting realizations he was coming to there that, yeah, you know, I'm telling people we're on hiatus, but really we're not, you know kind of stuff and i also thought he dropped a little line in there about issues with royalties you know that was kind of some maybe it was more than just the drugs you know they'd had some other um disagreements 
between the band, which I thought was, you know, new information that kind of helped explain where Charlie was in his life. Yeah, I, I liked that scene with, with the dad. Like, that's a really good moment where he, he basically just admits, like, no, there's no future with this band. This is this is where we're at. And uh, I liked that. And then I liked the, the final scene where he comes back to her and he you know tries to explain himself and she basically she summarizes the whole thing and lays it out and she goes you know why did you take the job and uh what she says uh you'll never take care of anyone um which when you finally get that line which is like one of the last lines of the flashback there's finally a correlation between <laughs> the island the flashback and the in the episode is like oh okay now it's now it relates to Charlie not being able to take care of Claire on the island. And I get why Lindelof isn't too proud of this cuz like that there's so much to this flashback and it's like you get to this like 10 second moment at the end which is good. It's a good moment, but I feel like it's just so much of it I don't care to watch to get to that point. And the I mean the copier scene is kind of funny and it, and it's pretty good acting, but it I just it's it's pretty cringy too. Yeah. Um, I mean, he literally, you know, vomits all over the entire copier, and you see him sweating through that suit. And I mean, anybody looking at that guy, by the way, would understand what they were looking. If they were in a sales pitch with Charlie, and you're looking at him, and he's sweating as bad as he is, and his eyes are like red all the way around. And and you can look at this guy and say, okay, it's not that he's nervous. Something's not right with this guy. Like he is, he's physically ill right now. And, and and they would know that. And it'd be almost like one of those, but you want to go lay, lay down or do you want to come back and do this again? And I don't see, and speaking of the copier sale, I don't see how much of a confidence booster it was when Lucy said, my dad's already threatened that they have to buy two of them and they're going to buy two of them anyway. So it's more like a confidence booster. I'm like, that would do the opposite of give me confidence. That would be like, okay, great. Yeah, thanks. So they're already going to buy two, so why am I even going? Yeah, I mean, it just it just it didn't look the opposite of a confidence booster to me. I feel like um, if you wanted to be an anti-flashback person, like just in general, like oh, flashbacks in Lost or in TV are unnecessary. This would be an episode to point at because the right. flashback really doesn't do much. Um, One flashback out of like how many good ones? Yeah, I would say most of them really add a ton to the character development and enlighten the story this one i you know it's you could throw this whole flashback away and it doesn't affect the story <laughs> sorry lucy no. but th- this one it doesn't do much for us i mean it's true so but uh, as far as the the charlie and claire stuff there are some moments that i really like um the music is really good at a, a few key moments too there's like this charlie theme i think it's the charlie theme like at the beginning of the episode and then a few times throughout when they're together and it's just like beautiful music i was kind of blown away by it watching it again and i think they have a there's a decent story back and forth between charlie and claire as far as like when he he lies to her and she gets upset and then um so th- there's some interesting stuff What do you guys think? I, I almost feel like this they could have gone in a different direction. Like maybe this shouldn't even have been a Charlie episode. I, I don't I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of action that takes place that's unrelated to Charlie. And of course he he's the one who shoots Ethan at the end, but I don't know. It almost would have made sense to have it focus on Claire or someone else. It's just it's weird it's a weird episode. It's almost one where you think hey, they didn't need to do any flashback. Like there was so much going on, but it's not they don't do that you know yeah the uh, the island stuff was definitely where the action was this episode and um yeah was, trying to think i mean i don't even know who who else you would do a, a flashback of this episode you're kind of right this would have been a good one to you know ditch that you know that format but um yeah they hadn't started doing that so couldn't agree more to me this is like a this is like a glue episode where it doesn't quite, you know, it's not that great of an episode on its own, 
but it it's kind of glues together these other stories that are, are going to be important later on and you have all these people teaming up against against ethan and you know there's there's some cool stuff that happens in it but overall it's not you know nobody not, not very many people go back and watch this one as like though this is my favorite i mean i think the biggest thing in this episode that happened was when they finally got ethan and it almost looks like he's going to try to get up and sawyer just kind of looks at him and, and says no 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 jungle boy and then you just see and jack starts to walk over to question him and then all of a sudden you hear it would sounds like six shots going off five or six shots going off and you don't know who shoots and then you turn the camera and there's charlie and charlie has shot ethan um and killed ethan just right there uh i had, i can't remember whose gun did he have was it jacks when when they got into the fist fight i think yeah jacks got knocked to the Jack's. ground it had to be jacks everybody else still had theirs um See, I, I found myself, like, I, I look back on this episode pretty fondly, but yeah, I would say until I actually rewatched it here, I didn't even remember the flashback. I, but it's all this, the Ethan, the, the yeah, no, it's, it's, the, the it's the fight in the jungle, it's, every, you know, it's everybody teaming up. That, that's just, I mean, I, I really enjoyed the island stuff this episode, but yeah, it, it was just a, a stark contrast from the flashbacks. Um I did have a couple of just points on the on the whole Ethan confrontation scene. You know, when when he went to Charlie and told him, um, you know, you need to bring her back to me. So then I wondered when they went to use Clara's bait, like why didn't they at least have Charlie out there, even if they didn't trust him with the gun or thought other people could use the gun better? Why wouldn't you at least send Charlie with her so at least you've got two people there in case you know in case something goes wrong with the guns at least you got somebody because you know ethan would you would think ethan would think something is weird that she's just standing out here by herself that it just the whole plan yeah. was weird i, 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 I don't know that. well i see that i understand why they didn't want charlie <laughs> because of what charlie did <laughs> when he just he let his because they knew his emotions were getting the best of him and they're like, we don't want Charlie out here because we don't know what he's going to do. And I think if Ethan had saw Charlie out there, I think that would have tipped him off even more. Like, something's going on if they have Charlie kind of hanging around with Claire. But all I wanted was Claire. So, I don't know. I think it would have tipped him off more. I, I like the plan. I don't like ever like the plan of somebody being used as bait. But I think this was going to be like the only way to really get Ethan out of where he was. I really don't know what Jack would have done if they had actually kept him alive and not killed him by Charlie. I don't really think this guy would have talked. He just doesn't seem like that kind of a person, or that these, you know, he he had a contingency plan if he ever did get caught. So, and, yeah, and I agree. And I think at this point in Lost, like there's still so much they're exploring like having a prisoner and interrogating him that it wouldn't be that interesting for this you know season one you know it's not um so i actually i you know i have some problems with that that fight scene and the whole trap and everything but i do i do ultimately like that charlie decides to kill him not that he did the right thing but i think dramatically it's a good moment and then I think it's better at the end, you know, the, the best scene is like him around the fire or whatever. And he's kind of explaining it and, and trying to protect Claire. And um, it does wrap up in a good way. And, yeah. you know, really, I, I think you know sometimes Lost is better at being subtly mysterious and it doesn't really uh, indicate its intentions. But here it's, it's a little bit easier to see through that. Like, basically, they didn't want to have to have Ethan be a prisoner and talk or, you know, have to do all this interrogation stuff. And it was easier to just hold off on the mystery of who Ethan is and just kill him. That was the easier thing to do, which I'm totally fine with because it made, they made it make sense in the story. It, yeah. it would have been interesting though, to, to see a scene with uh, Saeed trying to get information out of Ethan. I think that could have been a fun scene, but I agree with you in general. <laughs> more, more bamboo shoots under the fingernails of Ethan. 
and who knows maybe ethan would have escaped and then you know we would have had ethan for yeah no, seasons I, I, I agree i think yeah charlie did i mean i would have made charlie's decision too he, that guy's killing your people you gotta get rid of him one way or the other yeah no anything else uh before we move on all right all minds clear here we go so with our minds being clear let's take about 15 or 16 seconds each and um kind of get our overall thoughts on the episode so um i don't remember who would first last time so let's go with Corey this time your overall thoughts go for it all right so my overall my overall thoughts are this is a is a you know disjumble that's not a word is it this is a disconnected episode that has some really fun moments has some really boring cringy moments but overall it gives us uh you know a cool moment in the season and in killing off ethan and seeing a a victory though albeit a, a controversial victory for the survivors in protecting you know their group so i i'd say it's a it's a fun episode and it does have some good action okay and uh, what about you, Steve? What you think? Um, I thought it was a, honestly a really exciting episode on Island. Uh, you know, flashback was not one of my favorites, but uh, yeah, the on action, uh, the on Island action. I, you know, I thought it was pretty intense. Really, kind of ramped up the story. Um, I enjoyed this episode. All right, I, I'm kind of thinking Steve is like the optimist of this group. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I I thought the on island stuff was obviously a whole lot better than the back than the flashbacks. I didn't see the need of the flashbacks. It was nice to see Charlie, you know, want to try to get better but not get better. Um, and then uh, it it was it, it was. I do think Charlie pulling the trigger was needful in this one because it showed a different side of him that was necessary. I like the way that we have the guns finally really making themselves known on the island. Uh, and it was just, uh, it, it was, it, it was, a, I think it was an overall, it was an okay episode, um, which brings me into the, um, the, the rating system. So, Stephen, would you introduce our rating system for this episode? This, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna rate this episode on out of twenty-three really, really bad sales pitches. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Puke worthy. Uh, I, I give this fourteen. Like the last episode, it's it had its okay moments, but really, it just it just it didn't do it for me. It just wasn't connected well. I just I felt it felt out of place. It really did. So it's kind of floating there in the middle. Um, I gave it fourteen. I I don't know why I gave it fourteen. I probably could have gone a little lower, but I was being very nice tonight. So I'm trying to be a little bit more optimistic. Uh, so that's mine yeah I'm going to give this one 16 out of 23 really bad sales pitches and uh, it's mainly because of the flashback but it's it's uh, more because not just the flashback is bad it also doesn't connect to the on island story your last one Steven what you got I'm giving it an 18 out of 23. There um, is the optimism. The, 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 high, the high water mark again. Um, but again, it's, mo- it's mostly all because of the on-island stuff. Um, yeah, just thought it was some good action, really, uh, you know, high intensity, um, teaming up of our, our heroes. So I thought I had some good stuff. All right. Uh kind of ending things out uh, Sawyer's name dictionary here uh, he calls Jack winner by a knockout and then he calls Ethan jungle boy we did not have a freckle count this time uh, it's just a couple of pop culture connections here Winston Churchill's mentioned Lucy shows Charlie a cigarette case that was owned by the noted English statesman order and strategist um, Bonanza is kind of connected to Sawyer calls Jack Hoss uh, Eric Hoss Cartwright was a big was the bit was a big man, the warm and lovable middle son of Ben Cartwright in a TV cowboy show that aired from 1959 to 1973. One of the uh, one of the ones that I picked up on almost immediately 
was The Office. Uh, Lucy mentions to her father buying some paper company in Slough. This is a reference to uh, Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant's BBC series The Office that was made most famous over in America in the um, The Office series here as well. But this one's referencing The Office from the, the British version of The Office. And I picked up on that like right away because I'm a huge Office fan. So that was uh, that, that's uh, pretty cool to me. That's pretty nice cool. Little, nice. Yeah, nice little Easter egg they threw in there. It's pretty cool that somewhere out in the world of Lost is David Brent and that he exists. That's the same, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And if we ever see a Lost sequel series, they better have him on board. Or, Or better yet, better yet, to know that there is somebody out there in, in the Lost universe that is named Dwight Schrute that is walking around somewhere at a paper company right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Dwight Schrute. What if Dwight Schrute was on the island? That would be amazing. <laughs> Dwight yes. Schrute, Schrute and John Locke. Would that be one heck of a combination? <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> who's, who's the better boss? Uh, Dave, David Brent or uh, Randy Nations? Ooh. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> Oh. I don't know about that. They're both pretty bad. <laughs> oh. At least uh, Brent makes you laugh. <laughs> oh, Randy's funny. the worst. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you who is uh, who we all think is the worst and does make us laugh. That was Sawyer. And uh, speaking of Sawyer, that's our next episode we're going to cover. We're going to cover the show, the episode Outlaws, which is Sawyer-centric episodes. We're going to learn a little bit more about Sawyer's backstory here. I'm really excited about this episode. It's, I am too. It's a fun episode. There, there are there are certain characters episodes that um, that that you always look forward to. Like I always look forward to Sawyer's episodes. I like Jack's. Um, I, I like um, I like Hurley's backstory episodes, which we haven't got a Hurley centric episode yet. It's coming. I know it is. It's just we haven't got one yet from him. Um, so I can't wait till we get his. Um, no, I re- I remember when watching it originally just. Wondering why we had had multiple Jack, multiple Charlie backstories, but still didn't have a Hurley at this point. Well, I don't think they considered Hurley to be like a major character yet. Like that, he was still kind of like that 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 side character that would make a, a funny, you know, a funny quip here and there. But like your main story focused on, you know, Jack, Locke, Sawyer, Kate. You know, right now, Charlie, because Charlie's all up in that mix right now. I mean, those are like your main five at this moment. And Hurley was just kind of this side character. But it's when, I think, once Hurley started getting a big following is when Lost and the writer said, guys, we got to get this guy an episode because people love this character. (laughs) So, it's coming. But this next one, Outlaws, which is very Sawyer-centric, very, very good episode. I can't wait to dig into that. And uh, if you want to know how you feel about this episode or the next one, again, you can follow us on Twitter at RetroZapped, uh, at Lost Rewatch Pod. Uh, you can follow me at the DC Fanboy. You can follow Steve where? At Lucky13Steve on Twitter. And Corey, what about you? You guys can follow me on Twitter at OriginalMav. And as always, you can join us in the RetroZap Discord. Go to RetroZap.com for more details on how to join that. You can talk to us in our previous on Lost channel. Let us know your thoughts on the episode as well. And while you're on the RetroZap.com, check out some more posts, podcasts, Tee Public Store, or any other thing that suits your fandom. With all that being said, is there anything else about this episode before we head into our spoiler section, gentlemen? Not for me. I think uh, I think we've said it all. Good. I, I take yep. that air as good sign. So we're going to go ahead. This is your warning. If you don't want to be spoiled, you can head on out now. But if you do want to be spoiled, welcome to the Spoiler Zone. Go, guys. Y'all have, y'all have more spoilers in this one than I do. Well, eat. Ethan, my, my biggest question here is, you know, Ethan, we see him in flashbacks in the future. He's a he's a doctor, seems like a pretty good guy. What in the world happened to Ethan to get him to this level? Um, you know, obviously he went rogue, um, really got obsessed with Claire, but, I mean, 
Poor Scott. He broke every one of his fingers, snapped his neck, <laughs> broke both of his arms. Like, couldn't he have just killed the guy? Like, what made Ethan this just homicidal killer? And how did he have I mean, that much time to break everything? <laughs> like, why his Scott. fingers? What What in the world did Scott do to this guy? Oh. I think he went to, like, he went to, like, secret other training camp and became quite the skilled uh assassin you know assassin exactly oh it was so bad. i don't re- it, was, it was funny I, I i don't know i we don't really get any of ethan's backstory except for what we see of him on the island as an other i mean, we we see him go and kidnap um rousseau's baby with ben so we know he's not above kidnapping but at the same time he's a doctor you know do no harm isn't that supposed to be their their motto <laughs> well wait no no we get his back well we don't get we see him as a baby he's uh isn't he the he's the son of isn't he the son of horace yeah, goodspeed uh, yep yeah i don't know why he's a different last name but um yeah so he he i guess the explanation is that he just he grew up on the island and he was an other and was had a lot of time to hone his his physical <laughs> abilities, and then at some Snapping point he went goes and becomes a doctor. <laughs> but I, for me, the, the bigger question is like, why did he? Uh, you know, what was his plan? I don't get what he was trying. Why didn't he go get help from other people? I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe he wasn't supposed to reveal that there were more of them at the time. Maybe he didn't think that the group knew there were more than just him. Um, it did. It felt like our group already was under the impression there was more of them, though, because of of how you know they drug him off in two different directions, and they was able to hold on to Claire and get him hung, get Charlie hung by the tree there. So I mean, I, our people were already under the impression that there was more than just Ethan. So. I don't. Yeah, I don't know well, how he thought this was going to be successful. Maybe, maybe he was supposed to take Claire. And of course, we know he does. He drugs her up. He checks on her baby, makes her a nursery, and all these other kind. Of, we, we we know that we know that's coming up. But maybe it was he did not want to go back to Ben without the results, or Ben would maybe kill him. So that's why he didn't do anything until he knew he had Claire back first. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I could buy that. Cause but ben, it just seems Ben's, Ben's pretty weird. Um, I, 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 I try to remember his, his balloon ballooner name. I can't remember his name now. Henry, Henry Gale. Gale. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Henry Gale, you know. Such a good that was by the way, I can't wait till we get to season two. That's a great um mm, That's a those are great moments with Henry Gale and Locke. Uh <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I, I don't know why he fell for the trap. I mean, you think somebody as smart as him, as a, like you said, you know, Stephen, a doctor, um, been on the island the whole time, he would have known better than just to go off alone like that. Yeah, basically, the theme of Ethan is he just underestimates them. So I guess it could we could just chalk it up to overconfidence. He's an other. He is a native of the island. He th- he looks down upon outsiders, and he thinks that they're stupid. And weak or something like that and they won't but and i mean it is a little least, mysterious i mean at least he, he you know our group of survivors here you know pick up on it pretty quickly um unlike the tailies who lose like 90 percent of their crew before they realize what's going on yeah that's true <laughs> they do get wrecked they get, they get really wrecked <laughs> so my last point here and this is not fully spoiler, but I, I felt like it was necessary here. I feel like this episode was a little more obvious, the shortcuts that were kind of being taken as far as delaying information for later. Like yeah. we don't, they don't want to give Ethan's backstory. They don't want to reveal anything about the others having a camp. So we, you, they can't have him get captured because if they do, then you have to start revealing all this stuff about the others prematurely. Well, that stuff doesn't really get revealed to tell more till season three some in season two and then as far as claire losing her memory it is corny but you kind of have to do it because they wanted to hold off on like what really happened to claire because we don't get that revealed until 
I think it's somewhere in the middle of season two, we get the flashback and you learn she was in the, the medical hatch right. and Rousseau saves her. And so, you know, they, they kind of de- to de- delay on both those things, which I guess worked out fine it, in this episode. It's a little, you know, the execution is a little iffy, but it's, it's okay. Yeah. I see that. Other than that, there was really no big, you know, there's really no other big reveals in this episode at all. Um, as far as spoiler things, but, but you got something. One thing I thought was kind of just funny for the future is this kind of set up one of my favorite future lines when, uh, once Ben kidnaps Jack to do his spinal surgery and, you know, he, he tells him, you know, we had a great spinal surgeon. You guys killed him. <laughs> yeah, that is great. <laughs> so, so this moment here, Charlie actually necessitated the uh, the whole kidnapping of, you know, at the end of season two of of Jack, Jack Sawyer, Kate. Um, that kind of all got started here because they killed Ethan. Well, and see here, then, then this spring kind of brings in this question too, and and this is kind of another rabbit trail. We probably don't need to go down, <laughs> but um, if he knew that he was having issues with his spine, and he knew that Ethan was you know a really good spinal surgeon, why the heck did he send him to this to this group? Why did he not pick somebody else to go? I think it's because I think Ethan is his his most trusted. Uh, one of his most trusted people. I think but that's why. But you don't send the doctor. I mean, th- 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 think about it. Even Locke brought it up. Doc, you, you're needed here. You don't need to go deal with this. You know, a couple episodes ago. I mean, you, you, we, we got this handle. We, you're the only doctor on the island who knows how to do medical stuff. Why send your doctor out? It's. I mean, if the apocalypse something happens, the doctor's the last one leaving the tent. <laughs> let's just be honest. If I have a doctor living with me somehow... That dude's not leaving the house as much as I can help it. Yeah, you got to protect that person. Because <laughs> you want that guy. So, I don't know. But Overconfidence, I guess, is the only explanation, really. He'll be all right. <laughs> he'll, he'll come out on top. He'll be good. So, all right. Well, is that it, guys? That's it for me. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, until next time, I am Mike. That is Corey. That is Steven. And we are out. So we'll see you next time on the island. Peace out, guys. Later. See ya.